Welcome to The Sad Bastard. I'm your host, Dave Ternowski. I am not okay. I'm depressed. I'm seriously, deeply fucking depressed. I'm sleeping a ton, like 9 to 10 hours or more a night. I mean, I know this show is called The Sad Bastard. This isn't normal for me. At least not lately. I think maybe it's the Wellview trend, which I've been back on for a couple of weeks now. It's an antidepressant I had tried once back in August. Probably the worst month of the grieving process I've been going through since my marriage ended. Back then, it felt like it was amping up my anxiety. Maybe it was my hypomania. Hypomania, for those who don't know, is a less extreme form of mania which can actually feel pretty good. It gives me a burst of creative energy sometimes, but it can also cause me to be reckless. I could be very careless during those moments, especially with my words and actions. I have bipolar too. I've not had an intensely manic episode, which required hospitalization, which from what I understand is what differentiates it from bipolar 1. But my hypomania alternates with periods of depression, and it could go back and forth constantly within a day known as rapid cycling. When I was first put on Wellbutrin, I felt it was causing me to feel the grief I was going through even stronger than I would have without it. And not just the sadness of grief, but the denial and the bargaining. The despair over where I found myself and the desire to end it all. And I feel very much the same right now. So Wellbutrin may not be the drug for me, or I may need yet another one. And look, I know no medication is going to eradicate the symptoms of bipolar disorder that I experience. I know no medication is going to eradicate the grief. I'm feeling much better overall than I had been before I started treatment back in April, I think. It's hard to know anything for sure at the moment other than I'm not okay. I'm still dealing with the pain and the healing from the loss of my wife. The life that I knew. And that has definitely taken a toll on my emotions and my mental health. So the fact that I'm not okay is to be expected, right? And I guess it would be weird if I were. On the plus side, I'm back with my old therapist. She's in New York, which is the only reason I stopped seeing her since I moved. But that doesn't matter now, since everything is virtual and things will probably be this way for a long time to come, if not a permanent thing or at least an option. I loved her, my first therapist. I'm thrilled to be seeing her again. We had such a good relationship and I feel that that is still there. So far, we've had two wonderful sessions back together, and it's felt like no time has passed since I saw her last, even though a ton has changed. The past two years changed me in more ways than the preceding 41 had, though a lot has remained the same and probably will until I die, and that's okay. Like, I've always been a bit of a recluse. 
and that's just gotten worse since COVID hit, and even worse since my wife and I split. Looking forward to changing that though. One of the many things I discovered about myself while I was with my wife is that I love to travel and see new places. And since developing a large fan base on Instagram and meeting people I've become friends with all over the globe, I have people to visit practically everywhere. So I'm looking forward to changing that, to feel a sense of adventure like I never felt before. It's not in this city, not during this pandemic. Being stuck inside and avoiding everyone against my will due to the pandemic has actually been pretty great for me, as odd as that sounds. For one, it's kept me from diving into dating to avoid my feelings. And it's actually made me want to see people more, which is very weird for me. And my relationships with some people have deepened since we talk a lot more than we ever did. About more than we ever did. I mean, deeper conversations with people I've known for a long time that I feel in a way I'm getting to know in totally different ways. Plus, I've always been a big believer in online relationships. Some can be incredibly strong and just as valid as those in real life, or IRL. It could be because I've been opening up so much on these podcasts and the Q&As I do on Instagram. I just want to connect. I want to be seen and I want to make others feel seen. And speaking of seen, I'm starting to write my memoir slash self-help book, which I will be calling exactly that, Scene. I feel like I've been writing and ever since I started writing these scripts, I feel ready for the next chapter of my life, or at least to prepare for it. I've been very much working on moving forward to a new place of self-compassion and self-love. One of the main things I've been doing is removing the negative from my life as much as possible. And that's all about judgment. I don't want to feel like I'm ever judging myself harshly for things I do or the ways I feel. I'm just allowing these feelings to be. And I don't want to have anyone around me who's going to judge me for feeling the way I feel or for living my life the way I want to live it. Funny thing is, living without judgment is a boundary I'm creating. Yet it's also removing other boundaries from myself. I'm no longer holding myself back, and I'm no longer allowing others to. I'm trying not to feel bad about that. I don't want to hurt anyone, but if it's a choice between that or hurting myself to please them, I'm going to choose the better thing for me. And part of that is what and who I give my time to. I have a lot of things I want to do now, and I've opened myself up to more possibilities. I don't want to limit myself anymore. It's like a radical self-acceptance, something my wife would say. And all I could say is without a doubt, I would never be here had it not been for her and what I learned from her. She helped me free myself, much like I helped her be more of herself. 
We left each other much stronger than either of us had ever been before we met. I miss her a ton, but I know I'm on the right path. Or rather, I'm on a right path. In life, whatever you choose to do is a choice to not do something else. Me sitting here right now making this podcast episode is a choice to not do anything else right now. The amount of paths I can take is virtually limitless. It's up to me and the limits I put on myself. Some days I feel rooted in the past. I'm very much still not over the loss of her and sometimes all I want is to go back to her. Not that I could. And some days I'm all about moving forward, excited about the future. Some days it's both. I guess that's just the way life goes. That's why I say you should never treat happiness as this static thing. A place where you can always be. For me, it's a daily cycle. I'm often happy in the morning, mad in the afternoon, and blue in the evening. Maybe that's bipolar disorder, the rapid cycling. Or maybe it's just life, or both. As I've said before, I wish I knew how long I've been suffering from this thing, and that I'd been diagnosed years ago. I could wish all I want about what could have been different, what I would do if I got the chance to go back, and it'll never be any less of a pointless exercise. It's like shoulds, things I need to rid myself of. I feel like as I go through this middle phase of my life, this time of healing and regrouping and becoming much more self-aware. I like to think I've always been self-aware, but I used to not be able to deal with it. I'd try to push it away with drugs and other distractions. Never wanted to face my pain, my emotions, my discomfort, myself. It's really only been recently that I've been allowing myself to sit with myself and my feelings, especially the painful ones, and to do so without judgment, with self-compassion and love, forgiveness, and to stop blaming others for my problems, while also learning to notice when people do things that negatively affect me, and dealing with them as best as I can without reacting towards them, treating it like it's only their problem, something they are doing to me. If I recognize that I allow others to directly impact me, I can realize I have agency and can limit that impact. Again, boundaries. I feel like I'm growing into someone the younger me or the younger me's would be proud of. But it's only because I've gone through what I have that I'm able to go through what I'm going through right now with clarity and a non-judgmental mind. It's like that old saying, I wouldn't be where I am now without going through everything I did then. And then includes not very long ago. 2020 has been a lifetime unto itself for most of us. Each of us has our own reasons. 
though if I were a gambling man, I'd wager a lot of them are pretty similar. These past five months since my wife and I split have been filled with much pain, as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, but also a growing awareness that has lessened that pain, or awareness that has led me to learn from that pain at least, the lessons it was and is still teaching me, and heal. And I know for a fact that's in large part due to not going back to my old coping mechanisms and sitting with the pain. I could have easily started drinking and smoking weed again, and I very nearly did when my wife and I first split up. I had told myself that I only quit both of them for her. That was bullshit. Everything I did was for me. All the good and all the bad. I had to go through all of those things I went through in order to get to exactly where I am right now. And I feel pretty good here. Not every day. Not even every minute of a good day. I certainly don't feel all that good at this very moment. But more often than not, I do. And when the pain comes, I sit with it. It has come to teach me something. It has come to provide me with resilience. Something that I hadn't had before. And when the sadness comes, I let it come so it could pass through. I know I'm still grieving. I'm still feeling bad for the shitty things I did, for the way things ended, hurting my wife. I'm still working on forgiving myself. But now I know I can feel those ways and feel good. My pain decreases with self-awareness. My self-awareness increases with sitting with pain. With sitting with guilt and regret and could-haves and should-haves. And letting them pass. With learning to accept myself as I am. With my faults and my mental illness. And to notice when its slew of symptoms try to make me do certain things. Noticing is a huge part of self-awareness. For instance, I've almost always been reckless. But now that I know it's a symptom of a much larger thing, I can be on guard for it and notice it quickly when it rears its ugly head. I may not have control, but I have knowledge and that's power. The thing is, I have to stop my brain from making me do something with the very thing that's trying to make me do something. It's such a fucking conundrum. Like, I get an idea, and I know I shouldn't do it, and I tell myself I shouldn't do it, but then I go and do it anyway and make that decision. And suddenly my brain is like, why'd you do that, stupid? This is all happening within the very same part of me. But I guess it's all different parts of my brain working against each other. Who the fuck knows how the mind works? The amount of terrible decisions I've made in my life knowing full well that they were terrible at the time is staggering. I'm still making them. 
albeit at a much smaller rate. I'm not letting myself go too crazy. Unless, of course, my hypomania is at its peak and there's no stopping it. I'm trying my best to notice it when I'm in that state to get a handle on it before it gets out of control. But again, how do I control my mind with my mind? And how much of this is behavioral? And is there a division between the two? Has my reckless behavior become so ingrained in me because I've been bipolar for most of, if not my entire life? And can I blame my behavior on my mental illness or do I have to accept it as a separate thing? I mean, it's not like I don't have agency. I have free will. Don't I? But all I can do is look forward. To work with what I have and try not to think about what I've fucked up and lost along the way. To do better. To be better. As best as I can. I have myself and I have to trust myself. I have to believe in myself. And to do all of that, I have to love myself and forgive myself and not beat myself up and keep myself rooted in the past. But I'm not there yet. I'm still two steps forward, three steps back or more. I have a lot of healing left to do and growing and changing will be a part of that. They are a part of that. One of my followers, Sierra, someone who I feel has become a good friend, wrote into my Q&A on Instagram the other day. Sometimes it gets easier. And I know this seems so simple, so basic, but it instantly made me feel better when I read it. Things do get easier, then they get harder, then they get easier again. It's a constant cycle. But it's nicer to think of the easier side. The side that comes with experience, with the knowledge that everything passes. I remember always thinking that things were never going to get better. That I was always going to be a disappointment to myself. We can put way too much pressure on ourselves for everything to be perfect. For life to always be amazing. I forget if it was my wife or our therapist who always said this, maybe it was both of them, but expectations are just resentments under construction. If you go through your life expecting things to be great and they aren't, you're always going to be bummed out. If you go through life fearing things will be shitty because you feel expectations from another or others, things will likely be shitty. It's like the sex problems I discussed in the episode Do the Work from a few weeks ago, which was based around another thing Sierra had written in to me. Sierra, we should just work together on this by this point. Anyway, from when my wife and I first got together, I feared each time we had sex that I wouldn't be able to come, let alone perform at all. As time went on, that fear turned into reality more often than not. The expectation turning to resentment towards both myself and her. And I could feel the disappointment from her and the resentment from her created by her own expectations. 
whether it was real or not. It was real in my mind. This led me to be fearful of sex, something I had once enjoyed more than just about anything, and to not even try. I'm still absolutely fearful of it, but now I have no one to disappoint. There's a weird freedom in that. Sex is still something I want, but it's in more of a mental way now. So in a sense, this part of my life got easier. And other parts of my life got easier as a result, since I could stop focusing so much on that part and get other things done. And being alone gets easier too. Focusing on myself, on healing, growing and changing is helping me. It's helping me not feel the need to be completed by anyone else. So the next person I'm with, whoever they may be, whenever that may be, will be someone who will complement my life. Someone I won't need so I can feel complete. Not that my wife didn't do that, but mainly she completed me. I definitely complimented her life more than completed it because she's a much more complete person on her own. She always has been. I complicated her life, that's for sure. But you know what also gets easier, Sierra? Forgiving yourself. I was doing the best I could, even if that wasn't great at all. I'm doing better now, and unfortunately it's after we split. And maybe we had to in order for me to do better. I'll never know for sure. I'm not sure we ever know things like that for sure. The whole concept of closure, I just find to be complete bullshit. You make a choice to stay, you make a choice to go, or they make the choice to go. It's never easy, but neither was all the shit that led up to making those hard decisions. No one blows up their life because they're absolutely thrilled with it. One thing I do know for sure is I wouldn't be doing as well as I am right now if I'd never been with her. I'm very grateful for her, for the years of her life that she shared with me. Also, it's getting easier to be me. I used to hate myself, but I think what I hated was my lack of desire to work on myself and change. I feared it. I told myself I didn't know how. I was so used to feeling like a disappointment that I believed I would always feel that way. I'm still working on shedding that shit. I'm still disappointed with myself, ending things with my ex the way I did with the things I did that led to the end. With all the ways I wasn't that I wish I had been, that I believe I now could be if I had the chance. It gets easier thinking these things and not hating myself over them. Because again, they're mental exercises in futility. I'm only better now because I've lived through the pain of losing her. Something I'm still living through will no doubt be living through for a long time because I fucked things up and I learned from that. 
I learn to not do that in the future or to notice when I do it and not judge myself too harshly for it. To course correct. To not be so afraid of losing someone that I lose myself in the process. It gets easier to accept myself. It gets easier to take ownership of my shit. It gets easier to, as you once put, trust myself with a non-judgmental mind. Because, again, everything I do is a choice to not do something else. And if I do things with the best of intentions, if I'm honest with others and myself above all, then I'm doing the best I can and won't judge myself too harshly. It's one of the reasons I've gotten into being so open and vulnerable, especially with this on my Instagram accounts. These public forums where thousands of people will hear my stories. I used to feel so much shame for simply being myself. I used to feel I had to hide. I used to have to lie. And all of that led me to judge myself. And the verdict was always guilty and the sentence was always self-hatred. But again, like you said, Sierra, sometimes it gets easier. The more I practice being open, honest, and compassionate, especially towards myself, the more natural it feels and the easier it is. And I don't want to go back to my old ways. Not even sure I could at this point. This is who I am now. Maybe this is who I was always meant to be. A lot of the lessons I learned when I was younger were that how I was who I was, was bad. Those were lessons taught to me by people who I should have never listened to in the first place. It gets easier being me the more I do it. The more I share, the less I care who has a problem with it. They don't get to live my life. I do. But I will still fuck up. None of this gives me license to be an asshole. To be sure, I will say and do things that will hurt people I care about. And I know for a fact I've done that during recent days. I feel sorry for it. But it's how I react to that that makes the difference between growing and staying stuck in regret and rooted in the past. My words have gotten me in trouble more times than I can count. Stupid, thoughtless things I've said whether in person or via text. I definitely have more of a filter than I used to, but every now and then things still come out of me that I'll regret, sometimes immediately. Sometimes I say things without thinking that hurt people that I don't even realize until they tell me at some point later or just stop talking to me altogether because of them. And I have to live with that. I can do my best to try to make amends, but I can't control anyone else. I can only control myself. Sometimes. Sometimes that gets easier. And sometimes I just need to shut the fuck up. Like right now. Right now I think it's time for a lightning round. 
a few times a week on my Instagram accounts, Nick Cave and the Bad Memes and Sad Peaks. I do Q&As where I ask the simple yet loaded question, what's on your mind? To start us off, Vibov wrote, what to do with my life if it is going to end eventually? We all die, Vibov, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't live while we can. I don't believe we are all put here for a reason, but I do think we all have to find our purpose, our reason to be. I found my first reason when I started writing fiction at 14. Then at 41, I decided memes were the thing that were filling me with a sense of purpose. I loved making people laugh and feel seen, and I felt seen in return. You never know what your reason to be is until you find it. It takes living to do that. I didn't know I was going to love doing a podcast, or that I was going to be any good at it. When I first started doing this, I was petrified. The fuck am I going to talk about, I thought. But the more I do it, the easier it gets, and the more I want to do it. And what's more, it's helping others. The more I share what I'm going through and what I'm learning and what I believe to be true, the better I feel about myself. And every day I wake up excited to write more. And the more I write, the more I get to know myself and where I am right now. So Vibov, try stuff. Try things until you figure out what it is you want to do. And life will seem much less pointless. Next up is Vince, who wrote, Seven billion on this planet. How can one truly know they have found the best match for them? Vince, this is exactly why I don't believe in one true love for everyone. How sad would it be if your one true love lived on the other side of the planet, and you weren't ever likely to meet them? The great thing is, Nowadays, you can talk to people all over the world and connect in profound ways. But there's still that problem with actually meeting them. I've met so many people online all over the world that I can't wait to travel to meet in the flesh. And who knows? Maybe one of them is the next love of my life. But the thing is, when you get together with someone, if it's a monogamous relationship, You have to choose this one person over all others. And that goes back to what I was saying about paths and choices earlier. There is no wrong answer. No one right decision. But you do have to make a decision. And when you do, hopefully you are their decision as well. It would really suck otherwise. Next up is Christian, who wrote... How do you truly accept that someone you're interested in will never feel the same way? The answer to that is simple, Christian. By remembering that there are almost 8 billion people on this planet and there are some who are or will be into you. And moving on. I know it's a lot easier said than done. Next up is Noisha, who wrote, Is it stupid to have a crush on someone you never met? I get crushes on people I've never met all the time. 
If that's stupid, then I'm very, very stupid. Next up is Nico, who wrote, Do you meditate daily? If so, how long? Nico, I practice TM, Transcendental Meditation. And it's a regular practice. It's twice a day, every day, for 20 minutes each time. Since my wife and I split, I've been struggling to do it even once a day. But I've been getting back to it lately. I actually did it twice yesterday. TM is a mantra-based meditation, meaning you focus on a mantra while you're meditating. When you take the official TM course, they give you your mantra. But all it is is a word or a group of sounds that has no connection to anything other than meditation. It's like a mental broom. You sit comfortably, you shut your eyes, and you repeat the mantra in your head. Then other thoughts will come, and you'll end up thinking about them and forgetting about the mantra. And then you'll remember to use the mantra, and it will literally sweep the other thoughts away. Maybe just for a moment, maybe longer. Then the other thoughts come, and you repeat the process until 20 minutes have passed. And that's TM. And that's all for this week. Thanks to everyone for listening. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. And follow my Instagram accounts, Nick Cave and the Bad Memes, Sad Peaks, Don Trooper, Mimi Bridgers, and the Sad Bastard Pod. On Nick Cave and the Bad Memes and Sad Peaks, I do Q&A in the stories where you can tell me what's on your mind, and I might save it to reply to on a future episode. You can always drop me a DM over at the Sad Bastard Pod. There's much more space to write exactly what you need to say over there. I'll be back next week. Until then, take care of yourselves, forgive yourselves, love yourselves, and remember, it gets easier. Taking me down, my friend As they usher me off to my end Will I bid you adieu? Will I be seeing you soon? If what they say around here is true Then we'll meet again